Computer, load Infinite Trek Podcaster Beta 2.5. Hi! Uh... I'm Moby, your virtual podcast assistant. Do you need a co-host? Hmm, I guess that means I could really get any co-host I wanted. Um, can you make an Ethan Peck for me? You got it! Oh, great. Oh, uh, I was afraid this might happen. Hey, Brandy, it's Aaron. Um, I coded this during Coding Cohen's with Ian, and we did it in an hour. So I knew there'd be issues, but I, I don't, I don't think this is ready for prime time. So I'm, I'm just gonna co-host with you. <sighs> All right, fine. Welcome to Infinite Trek, where we cover everything Star Trek. From animated to live action, comics to novels, from games to real life tech. If it's Star Trek, or even Star Trek adjacent, it's here. So get ready to talk about Trek no matter what your knowledge level is. Whether you've been watching since the 1960s or just discovered Star Trek 47 minutes ago, we We welcome welcome you. you. Hey! Good morning, good afternoon, and whatever time you're in. Yes. How's it going? Uh, it's been an interesting week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I somehow just disappear, it might not be because I froze. It might just be because we've been evacuated from a fire. So. Yep, I am aware, and I'm thinking <laughs> about you all the time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, there's it's six percent contained. Um, if you go into my backyard and look straight up the hill, you see Mount Wilson, and it's kind of off to the side of of uh, the Mount Wilson Observatory. You can see from their camera, like you can see the fire. We get we can't see the fire from here, but uh, it smells like we're constantly uh, camping. Mm-hmm. So I'll be very happy because our our air quality. <laughs> this is this is great. Beijing, China, is seventeen parts per million. That is good air quality. We are yep. 305, which is hazardous. Very bad. Like, Very... Like don't go outside. Don't breathe. So. You will choke to death. Yes. Yes. Um, that's horrifying. So that's the other reason I'm, I'm not back in my old office. I'm, I'm back in the, the, the backup office, my, uh, my battle bridge, basically. Right. Because we can run the, the air conditioner and filtrator in the house. So it's, it's somewhat better. So ah, today, this week was Star Trek week. It was crazy. Yeah. And you, yeah. you, in a similar situation, you had no power. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were warned by various weather reports that there were strong winds that were going to kick up overnight between Monday and Tuesday. And it was insanity. They were hurricane force winds. They were in excess of 110 miles per hour in a lot of areas. And it still kind of looks like a war zone around here. The cleanup isn't immediate. And the power company is still working to get everybody's power back online. And uprooted trees, uh, bushes that now are bare, trees that are now bare because all their leaves have been blown off. It has not been fun. So, yeah, our power went out at about 4.20 in the morning and came on in the evening i think it was around eight in the evening so yeah i ended up staying home all day because my boss sent me a text saying hey it is not (laughs) safe to travel in these winds please stay at home and i said thank you i will that's nice at least your boss wasn't like hey no matter what get in here because i've seen that happen to to people too 
Yeah, well, we're a very small company, and I I work for a company that does lawn fertilization during this time of year. You ah. can't spray in those winds. No, no. <laughs> so they weren't going to be doing anything anyway, and it just wasn't safe to be outside. Period. Yeah. I, well, you could I spray; did. it would just go everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and and that's bad. That's so yes. bad. I know. Because then the weed killer goes places you do not want it to go, no. and that's bad. I've had that happen, not on not, not blowing around, but somebody just deciding that, oh, that that stuff that's growing up there, that's weeds. I'm like, no, that was our garden. Now yeah. it's gone. <laughs> oh, people people never read instructions before using yeah. Roundup or whatever. And they go out in shorts and flip-flops. And I'm just like, oh, God. oh my God, did you even look at the label? Why did my skin all rash and, and red? And yeah. yeah <sighs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, but uh, you were you able to see any of the panels later because they're now posted up online? Yes, uh, they're all on YouTube in case you were wondering. And I haven't had a chance to watch all of them, but I have watched the Discovery panel, the Lower Decks panel, the Strange New Worlds panel and the Enterprise panel. And I still have the rest nice. to go. So I got it through about half of them and I'm really enjoying myself <laughs> with those awesome. panels. Yeah, I think I'm going to and. uh Absorb some more this weekend. I saw the inf the uh, the <laughs> called the Infinite Trek panel. That would have been interesting. <laughs> I saw the the Discovery panel and the um, Lower Decks panel. So I was yes. hoping with Lower Decks that we would get some information, and we did. We actually found out that uh, Q is going to be coming up, and then they show a trailer that has him in it. So he, mm -hmm. we would have found out him instantly after that, which was interesting because it used the Voyager music. I yeah, know I noticed that. I noticed that. I thought it worked, but it still was odd. I think maybe they just didn't have any music ready to go for it when they slapped that, that together. Yeah. So they're just like, oh, uh, we'll just put. And they did yeah. that in other panels, too, where they're showing some stuff. And I'm like, hey, that's discovery music right oh. there. That's the discovery theme. But, you know, I don't care. It's it all was... track. It's all track. Yeah. It was hosted by LeVar Burton's daughter. Yes. Well, part of it was. Part of it part was hosted of it by Will, Will, Will Wheaton. So, yeah. And, and they both did excellent jobs. So Nice. Uh, so, yeah, the Discovery trailer was great. We saw what's coming up in Season 3. So I'm actually... A lot more excited for Discovery than I was earlier. I don't. It's just because it feels like it's a it's a new show, and it's you know you can create your whole own continuity now. And and Brandy's bouncing up and down. I'm very very excited. Yes, I am. <laughs> it just it looked it looked like they were like okay, we found our their groove or something like that. Just from the trailer. I mean, obviously you don't know specifically, but. And I love the editing tricks where they'll, they'll say one thing and the, they cut to a reaction shot from somebody else, clearly in a different scene because their hair changed or something like that. You're like, mm, okay. Uh, yeah. But no, we, we uh, visit Trill. We can mm -hmm. see that, um, which is going to be cool. Uh, we saw a little bit of the new characters just, you know, briefly. So Yes. Looking forward and there's to it a, very much. It's not in the um, in the trailer, but one of the main characters has a cat. Yeah, book has a cat. Yeah, book has a cat called Grudge the Cat, and so. it's a it's a male cat actually playing the role. It's a female oh, cat on screen, but uh, it's a male cat. They they had a bit in that panel about the cat, and uh, it's a eighteen pound Maine yeah. Coon cat. Yeah. Beautiful, absolutely. They had some glorious. pictures 
uh, there's a video out there showing um, how they try to get it to look at the camera and it loves treats and like shiny tin foil. So they'll crinkle mm-hmm. tin foil and it'll look right where you want it to. And uh, yeah, they show the person holding her and or him. And it was just like gigantic cat. Yeah. Big, big cat. They yeah. had a picture of the cat draped around David Ajala's shoulder. Yes. <laughs> and I loved it. I'm just, I'm already in love with this cat. Yeah. My cat, Lexa, was just like, see, I'm not that overweight. I'm not 18 pounds. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sorry, you're still eating your diet food. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt about our cat, Noby. He's, uh, he's rotund. He's a little bit of a pudge <laughs> to the point where he can't quite get to his own genitals anymore. <laughs> Oh, well, that's not good. So he's just, he's got to like brace his back up against something so he can get. (laughs) It's hilarious. Uh. But yeah, he's probably, he was probably looking at at us and going, hey, see, there's bigger cats than I Mm -hmm. (laughs) am. I tried to explain to her that also the scale of the cat was larger. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 proportional. It it has larger bones and structure. Uh, and the other thing that we saw, not really related to specifically to the panels or anything, uh, fan sets came out with their their lower deck pins, which I understand yours is coming tomorrow. I have to order one. No, still. today. It's arriving oh, today. today. I received nice. an email saying it was out for delivery, and I'm just waiting for that follow-up email saying that the mail has arrived and Yay! that I will send Dave to get it. Because we have one of those post boxes where it's the mail isn't delivered to our house it's all in a post box with Mm -hmm. others in the neighborhood yeah i prefer that actually because i know my mail is safe yeah because no one can once the mail's in there no one can screw with it so where i used to live we had a mail slot in the door so it just came to your door and inside the house which i thought was really cool those are very cool we don't have we don't have that but they they don't one along the side of the street that yeah that yeah it's it's faster for the for the postal carriers mm-hmm. to just, just deliver all those in one. Yep. And so there are those all over our little neighborhood. But yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing, so, like just the doors open, like the whole instead of like the individual things, I think they have one big hinged thing so they can mm-hmm. just kind of shut them, slip them all in the little slots. And yeah, my mom yep. has the same thing. Uh, so, yeah. So that was I thought that was pretty cool. So um, and we've got a picture here of of the whole set and they're actually i just realized they're the same art as the stickers they are yes so that's kind of cool and originally i guess that there was there was a worry that uh, rutherford wouldn't be finished in time or wouldn't wasn't going to arrive but it arrived oh yay yeah. <laughs> so and if you want to get a fan set pin we have a discount if you want to so pick those up uh, infinite trek all one word and that's good for 15 percent off your order and i'm going to be taking advantage of that today Yes, I took advantage of it when I ordered my lower decks pins, and yes, I did order the set. I was like, There's no way that oh, I'm going set? to wait. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Is there a, they, is there they, a price for a whole set or? Yes, is there... there is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I did. I just added that set to my cart, and away cool. I went. And that's gonna. <laughs> that's. I think that's gonna. Oh my gosh, I've got so many now. I think that that's actually got me close to forty. <laughs> Wow. Well, now you have have there's only only four episodes left, right? That's crazy. Yeah. So you can have one new one for each each show we have. Mm hmm. So, yeah. I just, I always wear fan set pins for my Trek shows. Yes, me too. 
In fact, I'm wearing the uh, Aurelian from the animated series, which, by the way, did sort of get neglected in in the Star Trek day. They mm-hmm. had um, everything. Every show had a a hashtag on Twitter. You do like hashtag Discovery, and you got little icon of Michael Burnham. Hashtag Lower Decks. You got tan- uh, to um, Mariner. Uh, there was I can't remember who was it Spock for TOS, and but it, basically every everyone had one except the animated series. There was no hashtag. I'm like, there's Mares, uh, there's Eric's. Those are two like very distinctive characters. You could put like, you know, a little orange head and mm-hmm. they didn't have a panel about it. There was no, uh, there was nothing. There was like one trivia screen. Like, did you know that there was an animated series, which is hilarious because that's what we used to say at the end of my own podcast. Um, and there was one episode played of, of uh, more troubles, more troubles, which I did not realize that, uh, that was happening because the list I had didn't even have an animated series episode on it. True. And you said if they were to play one, they'd probably pay, play they yesteryear. yesteryear. Yeah, I but was very did. surprised. I, they did not. So at least they didn't didn't play to that expectation. But yeah, yes. so I was, I was a little disappointed, you know, because I think that would have been fun. Yeah, I have made comments on a few podcasts already about the <laughs> noticeable ablance. Oh, absence. <laughs> I like I'm inventing new words today, ablance. Uh, yeah, I, I invent new words. Hi, do you time. need help? With your- <laughs> <laughs> do I need help with speaking? Yes, I do, yeah. Badgie. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is an episode of the Sweet Media podcast, The Expanse, which is about Star Trek Enterprise that I was recently recording with Chris Hill. And uh, I did. Bring, he, he actually brought it up first and we talked about why there was, you know, that there was this glaring absence of the animated series and it was very perturbing. So it was getting, it was getting love. It was getting love. Cool. <laughs> <Applets>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, leave it to Dave to spell it out. <laughs> uh, so should we jump into terminal provocations? Now that we kind of like teased badgy a little bit and gone yeah. into that. Yeah, this time I'm just going to cannonball right in. I'm not waiting there okay. from the side. Just, uh, right. I'm just going to run and jump. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Splash. Yes. Very painful. Not as painful as yeah. a belly flop, but. Ooh, yeah. Don't do it. Right now, yeah, that would be, I would love to be in the pool right now. That would be great. But we have a covered up because there's ash on top of it. No, it's like it would be bad. It would be bad. It would be very bad. (laughs) This is why someday I'm going to have a house with an indoor pool so I can go swimming at all times of year. Oh, you need to to uh, maybe we can rent uh, Hearst Castle. (laughs) They have a great indoor pool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they're not using it right now, right? We can can just give them a ring. Hey, can we just stay there? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is actually a lie. I'm never leaving this house, but. (laughs) <laughs> well, if I had Hearst Castle, I would at least leave to get there, and then I'd stay there. Mm-hmm. Because then you, it's like you have a whole. Oh, that that place is amazing. I know it's there's a lot of you know troubled history with the the actual people who owned it, and and uh, just some of the bad just business practices and the way it treated mm-hmm. people and all this stuff. But the house that was, uh, I believe, it was a one of the first female architects to at least kind of be put out there. Um, design this place and it's it's kind of incredible especially she had to put up with all the well now i want this and you're like oh okay i'll just tack Uh this on over here and yeah so it is a little bit of that not winchester house craziness but it's still there's some like why is that there 
Okay. It's, because it's very people... strange to see the kitchen too, because the kitchen is you're used to like a house that size having a modern style kitchen and not a kitchen from 1920s. Is that when it was built? Something like that. But yeah, so it's kind of mm. crazy. But it's That's very, because... very pretty. Yeah, people who want a building built should never be allowed to determine the layout of said building because <laughs> they don't know anything about building. So yeah. that's why you have an architect. That's why you have a construction crew is because you don't have the first clue of how this all fits together and remains structurally sound. Unless you're yourself an architect and then maybe that'll just be your project. Yeah, but I mean, for the rest of your life, but yeah. for the for the great masses, you know, they yeah. all think they know what they want, and yet, oh yeah, they don't want anything. It's kind of like people who think that they know what they want for Star Trek. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just like, I want this. Well, here it is. That's not the way I wanted it. <laughs> I wanted it like this. So yeah, uh, David Mod said Xanadu and Citizen Kane is based on Hertz Castle, which it is. Yes, of course you would know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't really jump quite in to the cannonballing, but we're we're Sorry. getting there. Sorry. Oh no, it's like, I derailed us. I think there. <laughs> All right. So terminal provocations. Yeah. Lower this, decks episode uh... number seven, no six. <laughs> Are you sure now? Yes, because our show is off by one. This is like, I just wish that we had kind of had them at the same, because I was like, every time I go to save something, I'm like, which episode is the, oh, six. Okay. Show well, seven, episode six. You know, we could always retcon it that our very first episode was episode zero. Oh, hey. Got, uh, yay. In in the chat room is, is, uh, is it 24-year-old Trekkie on, on, um, in, in Twitter? I feel stupid that I don't remember. I don't know. Yes. We'll, 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 exactly. <laughs> but good. Good to see you as well. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you for being here. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, terminal provocations. Do you want to do the uh, the honors of the recap? Sure. We've got kind of three <laughs> stories again, A, B, and C. Yeah. And, uh, and it's it interesting actually... that the C plot, again, is also just kind of the... the it's, as far as like the amount of time spent, it's always the bridge crew gets the least amount, <laughs> which, is, which is interesting. Great, rebirth. Yeah, yeah. That's sense. because it's not about them. It's not about yes. them. So we we actually are back to the cold open that has nothing to do with anything else. Mm -hmm. And I really loved this cold open, especially with the subtitles on, because they had to subtitle those sounds oh, that everyone yes. was making. So was you making, know. Yeah. So Mariner was, whereas uh, Rutherford was, no, Voyagers, and then, <laughs> then there's Tendy with, just having to make that It was like humming in word. higher pitch or something like that. It said, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was great. And yeah, so they were all, they were just saying, they were all creating the the sound of what they thought the ship was and just, you know. Yeah, different ships. Was it Boimler liked uh, starship sounds to soothe him or something like that yeah that's exactly it yeah. he was soothed by it and and mariner's like that's not what the cerrito sounds like and he says no that was the enterprise d at warp four this is the cerritos <laughs> just 
And then everybody gets involved in it, including this person we've never seen before named Fletcher. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Jack Ransom is passing by and thinks that <laughs> they have been infiltrated by Picked over by aliens or something. Yeah, that that's happened. That's happened. Yeah. It's absolutely that's happened. the only time that somebody actually has like, oh, I put two and two together really quickly, but it's the wrong conclusion. Yeah. And he, he tackles Boimler to the okay. ground, phaser pointed at him. I love that's the second time, or is that the third time? Something like is every time that there's a group of people, Boimler would be the one that is uh, tackled for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, he great. just happened to be in the middle, and I guess that was the the way. That, I mean, if you're going to disrupt a group, you're going to go for the person in the middle, really, because everybody else yeah. has to spread out. So, yeah. And uh, then we come back from the credits to hear about what's going on with a salvage operation. And the Drukmani have laid claim to this salvage. Now, they did say it had been there for over a hundred years. They never express exactly what kind of salvage laws there are. But it does seem to me like the Drukmani had a rightful claim to that. I mean, if nobody in Starfleet had claimed that for over a century... Yeah, and mm. also, what was it? Uh, captain, the captain said it's like who, like all sorts of uh, unique uh, Federation tech. I'm like uh, historical Federation tech, historical. but yeah, because the unique. the ship that we're seeing that was the uh, it's an Antares class, which is from the animated series. So mm-hmm. we had the uh, it was in NCC five hundred two, and sometimes the the registry had like. G or like different like cargo whatever that they are in front of the number but this one is just a regular NCC because 501 was the one that we saw in Charlie X I think either mm-hmm. that or, or the, the or the ultimate computer yeah. um or as I have to say because of mission log the ultimate computer <laughs> <laughs> yes always there's a store down the street called the ultimate computer store and i have to say that too every time we drive by it's the ultimate computer store (laughs) yeah and i have my special ticks of things that like that that i do there used to be a place that we drove by a lot when we were going to and from the grocery store that was named a merry carpet so it was a-m-e-r-i and the first time i saw that sign i said a merry carpet well a merry carpet to you too and then i had to do that all the time afterwards (laughs) that's great uh, anyway <laughs> i love that um yeah no it's just, so I, I like the fact that we had like the this ship because i've always liked this ship actually this yes. is one of uh mike okuda's favorite ships and that's how it got retconned into tos so nice. yeah very nice so yeah so uh, what tendy was saying uh or no rutherford said you know who knows why is this getting everybody all worked up what's out there or she said that uh tendy and rutherford's like i don't know cryo princesses fruit <laughs> so the, i love she... the, the, the cryo princesses of course was a nod to the enterprise episode precious cargo or maybe one of like the tng was, yeah i know you don't like it. i'm i'm the weird this is my i like top chef so i just think it's hilarious to see the host of top chef in a star trek episode so yeah see i had no context for that i did not yeah. know who this woman was so when i first saw that episode i'm like oh this is so annoying i honestly don't know if top chef was on at the time i think it was one of those retroactive like hey why is she mm. in this yeah. You know, trip yeah, tucker I, please pack your knives and go 
<laughs> yeah, I, I just didn't enjoy it. I just didn't like that episode. I felt that I just, I get tired of women being portrayed in that way, I guess is the best way to say it. Yes. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just like that she, she was able to put him in his place several mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. So. And it was like the the it was it was very it was a throwback to TOS. It really felt like that. I think that's why. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, not not just the the story. <clears throat> so, yeah. yes, that I apologize for the uh, graveliness. It's like it does feel like we're living inside of a volcano or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you almost are. You know, true. The, the whole state's um, on fire, and so, and then yeah. Tendi was um, sorry. Uh, Tendi was hoping that it would be like the original clamshell communicators. Mm-hmm. Please, yes, <laughs> my computer. So yeah, nice. I want one. <laughs> it's it's supposed to be a useful phone because it connects to your actual phone. Oh. That, means you, that means you have to have your phone with you. So. I can't care, but one, uh, the communicators of Star Trek are like a giant electric shaver. So it's not exactly like, yeah, Yeah, it does look rather (laughs) like that, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So it's not like you can easily carry it around and your, and your phone and everything like that. So. Yeah. 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 Anyway, they're fighting so about the salvage. What, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's probably nothing in there worth worth anything at this point. No, but and a lot of the cargo the, containers were broken open too. So they were, and de- the ship was in pieces that had been carrying said oh, yeah. cargo. Yeah. So, when you get uh, to that point, I will I'll point out something about the in pieces that I noticed. Yeah, and Captain Freeman is saying, you know, it's Starfleet property. All we can do is offer you a finder's fee, yeah. and they're not having it. And Shax is just ready to fire on him. It's like, can we? Can you please let me target the warp core? I've been so good for the last. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It was a very much a throwback <laughs> to Worf, like always being shut down. <laughs> yeah, he was just his. Well, Shax is security, and so he is always ready to take care of the problem with force and he rarely gets to do that so whenever there's an opportunity he's like yes let me blow them out of the sky <laughs> uh and and the great thing is that we have uh jg hertzler as the drachmani mm-hmm. so we have like this this great you know klingon-esque voice and just basically a, a ship with no weapons or anything <laughs> it's a salvage yeah. ship they're very cranky, <laughs> the yeah. Drukmani, yeah. at first glance. So I love, yeah, when when Captain Freeman says something like reasonable, he basically says bleep you and hangs up. I'm like, okay, yep. yeah. <laughs> this and, this episode was filled with great comic timing, as far as like the way the audio has been dropped in and the, the the pacing and everything. It's like, oh, that is that would have been like if you were if you were in an improv show that that would have been just like the you know, the, the perfect thing at the end of the show. He'd be like, these were great. By the way, we have somebody out there who said that they have a drinking game every time we mention improv. So Take you might drink. be drunk several times by the time the end of the sh- every episode because uh, we both have improv backgrounds. Yeah, we do. We do. So it's always <laughs> going to get talked about, guys. Yeah. And if that's your excuse for getting drunk, more power to you. <laughs> Oh, really quick. Related to that, uh, we were joking earlier. I was talking with somebody about when we were choosing warp core sounds for night shift. And it's like, no, no, that's the wrong one. It's like, well, who, who cares? Who's going to notice? I'm like, okay, you know our audience? 
okay, everybody's going to notice. <laughs> so we had the wrong, we had to have the Enterprise D because we were a galaxy class starship. And there is a difference, which is really weird. I'm like, nope, that's Voyager. And if you are a Star Trek fan, you, you do know the difference. Mm -hmm. It is true. It is true. So yeah, Freeman's just determined to find a diplomatic solution to this and the Drukmani start using their tractor beam to throw things <laughs> yes. at the Cerritos. And the cell. And this is where I've noticed the first continuity error that I've ever seen. They mm. throw in a cell, they throw half of the Antares that has been broken up. And then later they throw the entire Antares that is back together again <laughs> at the ship. I'm like, oh wait, huh? So I was like, maybe it's a different, you know, there's more than one one ship out there, but it had the same registry number. So I'm like, nope, okay. So it was the, the only continuity I've ever seen in the entire show. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So we have that going on. While that's going on, uh, Boimler and Mariner are fixing uh, isolinear cores with Fletcher. Oh, actually, no. Yes. Before that, no. we they are in... Uh, basically what looks like 10 forward or the mess hall or whatever yeah. it is. It's all, it all looks the same you guys, but no. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, <laughs> Fletcher is apparently going a record for, for a record for uh, downing just constant cantaloupe uh, puree. <laughs> just He's like literally under the replicator with it, just pouring into his mouth. <laughs> And I thought, how is he breathing? Was my first thought. And second thought was, why are you doing this? <laughs> but, you know, they were, and everybody was cheering him on and even Boimler's into it. And yeah. Just repeat anyway. to yourself. It's just a show. You should really just relax. Just relax. No, it's all yeah. good. And the, and Mariner's getting all excited and she bumps into the back of Dr. Oh, yeah. Ta'ana and smushes her face into her nachos. And Dr. Ta'ana is really not ticked, really not ticked. She's really not <laughs> She's happy. Very She's very ticked. And, Do you know how hard it is to get nacho cheese out of fur with a sonic shower? <laughs> so, I love that somebody's yeah. comment was just like, I didn't know cats ate nachos. <laughs> you know, judging the, the Cation species by what we know of cats is really kind of racist. So yes. let's stop doing that. Actually, that was actually in the latest uh, discovery novel because there was occasion in there, and it's like, like they they talk about the also the um, uh, kind of the social uh, advantage of also looking like a cat. So humans are like, oh my god, I love cats; they're so cute. So they can use that to their advantage to basically steal stuff from you. <laughs> if very they are true. Very, very, yeah. very true. And uh, yeah. So anyway, Fletcher comes mm -hmm. by and is just diffusing the situation because Donna is very upset and is just like, I know you. I know what you're all about. And you're just nothing but trouble. You should go work at Starbase 80. And everybody's like, <gasps> oh. and then you hear one guy go, damn, Starbase, Starbase 80? 80? <laughs> if you're going to bring out Starbase 80, you better be ready to throw down. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And oh. and Fletcher just diffuses it all. He comes, here's a hot towel for you. Here's a new plate of nachos. Try the carnitas. They are delicioso. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, you know, and she goes back to her food. Well, at least someone appreciates rank. And uh, Boimler does talk about how they were at Starfleet Academy together, and he was very mm -hmm. good at getting them out of trouble. And I thought, hmm. Because you do see him 
downing all of that cantaloupe slurry. So he's not the, he's already being shown to be not quite the sharpest knife in the drawer because, you know, he yeah. was, he had his head under a replicator seeing how much mm -hmm. slurry he could down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but and then he just seems so cool and suave and so i'm just kind of confused by this character right off the bat yeah so. he has a lot of contracting con good we have another new word contracting <laughs> yes. yes contradicting uh personality parts he does so then we're at the point where they're working on the isolinear isolinear cores and replacing <laughs> chips and stuff like that and uh you know, it's not going as quickly as they would like. And Mariner and Boimler are upset because they're going to miss the choo-choo dance. And they start talking about the choo-choo dance to Fletcher, who's never heard of it. And uh, he was, uh, I think uh, Mariner was saying that she saw the Zebulon sisters do it at such and such some star base. And she was still yeah. just now star coming down from that high star base three still yeah. just now coming down from that high. And he's just like, Oh, you guys go ahead and go. I got this. And they're like, no, 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 we can't leave you alone with all this. He's like, no, no, go have a great time. And so they're like, thanks. That's really cool, man. And Boimler's super excited. He's like, Oh, let's go get our choo-choo shirts. And Mariner's like, we have choo-choo shirts. And he says, yeah, I made yeah. choo-choo shirts. <laughs> <laughs> is Zebulon a, is that, that name sounds so familiar or it sounds just like a fake made up sci-fi name it's like I swear it's a reference to something and part of me says Babylon 5 but I don't think that's right I don't know hmm. I'm trying to figure out where the Zebulon sisters come from it, it I don't know it might it I don't know if Zebulon sisters in and of itself is is a thing before lower decks but zebulon might hmm. be it might even be an old school Star galactica thing i would have to do more research to figure that yeah. out so but yeah and i i'm really loving how mariner and boimler are just getting along in this yeah. episode yeah they and even pointed not, out at one point yeah they they do that later in the episode so we've got that going on we've also got plot B. So we've done plot C a bit. This was plot A. Now we've got plot B, which is Tendi and Rutherford talking about, you know, what they might find in the cargo containers. And uh, he was like, oh, you're probably really looking forward to cataloging all that stuff. And she starts to freak out a little. He's like, what's going on? She says, I never finished my spacewalk training. <laughs> He's like, what? How did you graduate? I don't know. The teacher just gave me a B and I didn't say anything. Yeah. It's like, oh, I should have reported it. I should have come clean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that... And so she's terrified of that. And Rutherford's like, hey, it's no problem. I can help you with that. You know, I've got this training program in the holodeck that'll help you right out with that. So and she's and she's like beating herself up so bad yeah. for not telling anyone that she didn't finish this training. She's like, oh, the holodeck. Why didn't I think of that? Just <laughs> <laughs> kind of going off the deep end the poor girl so this is the yeah. first time we've seen her not be fantastic at something too i think in some ways yeah and that's that's interesting because you know she again is still in a bit in that mode of she wants everyone to like her so of course she's not yeah. going to divulge stuff like that right. until she's faced with it head on and i like yeah. that she did confess to rutherford because obviously she trusts him yeah. And, you know, the first thing he's like is, hey, I can help you because, you know, he's it's pretty obvious at this point that he is into Tindy. So 
yeah yeah he's the he's yeah. very cute <laughs> and nervous adorably nervous and awkward at times yeah so i i like this this pairing i think it's working mm -hmm. really well um and i'm glad that they're not doing this with mariner and boymore that it's that it's definitely yeah. a, a like a camaraderie friendship like you know two peas in a pod but friendship wise for boymore and and mariner they they complement yeah. each other where tendy and and Rutherford, it just seems like they'd make a cute couple. They'd be like the people you'd want to get together in real life if you knew them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was shipping them from episode one, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, so we go to the holodeck. Yay! And he starts the program, and Badgie appears. <laughs> <It's> like, hi <laughs> there, can I teach you a lesson? Hi. <laughs> I'm Moby. Yeah. I'm a Mobius strip. No. Yeah, it's <laughs> we, it we've was turned our just... Infinite Trek logo into uh, a version of Badgie <laughs> for all of you who yeah. are uh, on the audio version. Yes, it's uh, it's adorable. <laughs> it, very well done. I'm very impressed, especially how quickly you did that. <laughs> very well. So yeah, it, and, not uh, sleeping. That's the key. Okay. Yeah, I need. I do need to have sleep sometimes, else I yeah. fall asleep when I should be driving. And that would be bad. <laughs> well, just as soon as this show's over, I'll just go into a coma for a couple of days. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. It didn't that, take that, that long, works. actually. That, that is one of those things that once you kind of figure out what you're doing, it's like, okay, I can do this pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it's eyes and hands. I mean, I didn't have to draw like a whole lot of it. So that's Yeah. Fair. Yeah. So, uh, you know, immediately Tandy's like, oh, he's so cute. And then she rattles off what she wants to do. And yeah. he's, he's, stops for a minute you know he's trying to load yeah and and then it's he's like yeah sometimes it takes a little it takes a few seconds and then he finally loads and and the simulation starts and they're in environment suits and you know with their little mag boots yeah and floating in space and she's kind of like getting used to everything i love the animation there too because they had reflections on their helmets and when he turns a certain way you can see the galaxy through the corner of his helmet like it's actually transparent i'm like hey that's really nice attention to detail very much so i think it would be noticeable if you don't pay attention to those things in animation so i yeah. mean if they hadn't done that it would have been noticeable but most right. people don't notice it because it's just your brain just automatically assumes that's what they're going to do so yeah and they they get their boots stuck together <laughs> yeah that was that was cute <laughs> it was and and they're both just kind of like <laughs> you know and just and then just then badgy shows up <laughs> kind of like oh yeah i forgot about you <laughs> yeah hi you said you were interested in cargo retrieval did i get that right <laughs> this is of course everybody's nightmare which was clippy <laughs> yes <sighs> yeah thankfully they made clippy uh you could turn clippy off and uh i turned clippy off long long ago i oh. killed clippy so yeah but everybody was thinking that absolutely everybody and then this time when he's trying to load that part of the program it's not going well <laughs> <laughs> Look at him! Look at him try. <laughs> she's just, she's just so positive about it. And but Rutherford's getting upset, and I thought, you're getting a little over upset. And then I realized, oh yeah, yeah, he's a trying to impress Tendi. Mm -hmm. 
So of course he's going to get upset because something isn't working like he thinks it should. Yep. And uh, yeah, so then he basically starts hitting Badgie. Never hit your electronics, you guys. No, it never I've ends well. Idea. You would think that he had seen, you know, some kind of 20th century or 21st century movies or television. You never, never beat up the electronics. They will come back to haunt you. So, yeah. And uh, that's when things start to get interesting. Because while this is happening, the whole stuff is happening with the choo-choo dance. And also the stuff's happening with the drug money. Yes. So. Now we have to switch back to plot A because they've come back from the choo-choo dance. You <laughs> picture of Clippy. Oh, and one thing that we did forget to mention before, where he runs through all of the people uh, on the holodeck. <laughs> but that was great. Some of which weren't actually from the holodeck. No, they were all of them. Yeah. Well, the thing there is, they are. That... Well, well, okay. If you. There are some our characters playing those characters or the actors, so I guess yeah. technically, yeah. But so it was a, uh, you know, it's not just for hanging out with Sherlock Holmes and Robin Hood and Sigmund Freud and Cyrano de Bergerac and Einstein and Da Vinci and Hawking and Socrates, and then it stops. <laughs> well, see, because the thing is, is that the Robin Hood thing that was a Q episode, and Cyrano de Bergerac was a play that Crusher was directing. So those weren't actually holodeck experiences. Ah, you were Correct. That's true. However, I can headcanon it in that, of course, everybody's going to yeah. want to go play in the Robin Hood world. And Beverly might just have wanted to create a holodeck version of Cyrano so that she could get into his head and, and better direct the play that she was doing. You know, yeah. I can just I can just make that work <laughs> in my brain. It's fine. So. Yeah, but uh, so uh, Mariner and Boimler are coming back from the choo-choo dance and so yes. excited and they come upon choo -choo! Fletcher. <laughs> and then when they added the third choo and it became the choo-choo-choo dance. Choo dance. Yes. <laughs> I like that we didn't see what it was, but it would now it's like it. I'm. I know, but I'm very curious as to what it is, though. I love that it, they do that where they're leaving, like Cetacean Institute or the Cetacean Ops. We haven't, we've been teased with it, but we haven't seen it. So mm -hmm. I feel like they know how to give us just enough to make us happy. And then yeah, the other half I, it just like makes you wanting more. The thing is, no matter what they do, uh, if they actually put it on screen, it's going to be less than what we imagined in our brains yeah so i'm okay with them never showing me what the choo-choo dance is yeah or the choo-choo-choo dance in that case <laughs> they come upon fletcher flat out on the ground and moaning and this is oh, yeah. when Im immediately i start feeling suspicious because one of the mm -hmm. isolinear cores is gone and he's very awkward about how he's explaining this, you know. And yeah. then a guy came in and hit me with a phaser and I blacked out. And then I woke up and you're here and I'm saying this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that feels very, what is it, Clue? When they had like, they looped back with that same, like, I was like, okay, okay, we, we were here. We know what happened now. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it but was, it felt very shady. Yeah, because I just like, thought... I'm not buying this. Yeah, it's like, why would anyone steal an isolinear core? And I thought, well, this could oh, have and happened it's... and that could have happened, but no, it's, he's just lying. 
And the isolinear car was the backup of a backup, which mm-hmm. is a kind of a shout out to the secondary backup in Deep Space Nine's episode of Destiny with uh, the Card the Cardassian sisters <laughs> that came yes. aboard. No, I don't think they were sisters. Um, but uh, Tracy Scoggins played the one that was uh, basically thought that O'Brien was in love with her. So <laughs> I just I love that character. This is about the same time that she was on. Uh, Lois and Clark as Cat mm-hmm. Grant. So I just, uh, just the look on her face is like, Starfleet requires a second backup. It's like, well, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to be caught without a third backup. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then later she's on Babylon 5. She was making yes. those rounds in the yeah. 90s. <laughs> so, I like her a lot. I do too. I really, really do. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out, oh, we're going to get yeah. whoever did this to you, Fletcher. And I thought, why are you guys taking him at his word initially? Yeah. Because his story is very flimsy. Fishy. And who would do this? Yeah. And they decide that the only people who are shady enough to do something like this are Delta Shift. Because, I mean, what? They do our jobs while we're sleeping. So weird. Which is very much I just cracked up at that point because <laughs> night shift our car shows like that's what we did we were we were gamma shift we didn't have an extra delta shift so we would have been delta shift if there was um you know the four four ships uh that were added by what's his face um who took yeah, over uh, give me a second give me a second ah. i can see his face played by ronnie cox uh that guy yeah that's of both worlds anyway jellico yes. jellico Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't start singing cats, please. No, that's Jellicoe. And I am oh, not okay. ever Sorry. going to sing anything from cats ever because that is a train wreck of a musical that should never have seen the light of day on this earth. Sorry. Very Send all complaints to Brandywine12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, mm, mm. You cannot make a coherent musical out of a bunch of crazy cat poems by T.S. Eliot, okay? Not well, my thing a was, good idea. When it came out, and they were uh, the version of it came to Portland, uh, across the river from where I used to live, and I'm like, so I'm like, oh, that could be interesting. I don't know. And then I saw the commercials, like they come into the audience and paw you. I'm like, nope, I'm out. I'm not doing that. Because I'm the person who, like, a clown will find me. Anything that's, like, dressed up thinks, that, oh, you're the person I want to hang out with. I'm like, no, go away. It's like like when cats sense that you're not a cat person and they just decide to cling to you. It's, mm-hmm. it's that. So, yeah, they're, yeah, the cats are evil in that way. <laughs> so, yeah, Jellico had the Delta Shift, and it was very similar, but. Yeah. So I thought I thought it was very funny. It's like I, I can identify with these people. Mm-hmm. I I like that. I did think of you when they were talking about <laughs> that. You do your jobs while we're sleeping. So yeah, th- and there's an altercation between them and Delta Shift, mm-hmm. and Fletcher goes off the rails angry. And, and my favorite line from that whole thing is <laughs> Mariner's going, "Oh no, don't undo your flaps. No." Yeah, yeah, that was great. He's like, like pulling open his uniform top. <laughs> yeah. What was the, the Delta shift when she's like, like, oh, I'll, I'm gonna oh shoot, I can't remember which is something. It's like, you know, I'm gonna go to your home and pick you up. <laughs> your mom and dad. Yeah. Don't bring my dad into this. <laughs> yes. You don't get to talk about my dad. Just, so this this is yeah. another one of the uh Star Trek people who had dad issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which seems yeah. to be 
prolific in Trek. So, and then Delta Shift is saying, hey, we were at the choo-choo dance with you. We couldn't have done right. this. And they, and they start talking don't, about don't the third shoe. It's like, yeah. I was, I started crying and I saw you crying. Don't lie. <laughs> oh my God, you were there. there. <laughs> so now they have to figure out another way that this could have happened. And so they decide to all go get their scanners. And so they go get their scanners and then they find the core in Fletcher's bunk under a blanket. And Fletcher finally confesses as to what he did. I am skipping over more of his denials, of course. There are a lot of denials. And as he's explaining it, even, I mean, he says, oh, I thought I needed to be smarter. And so I decided to plug this directly into my brain. And Mariner, or, or uh, Boimler's like, what? <laughs> Just absolutely flabbergasted by the most ridiculous idea ever i mean yeah. really what's i guess that when you're a really dumb person that your ideas are really dumb, <laughs> <Also> dumb. <laughs> yes. yeah and so it's just it's kind of like you take Which off this veneer it, sorry, he seems no i say like, he just he, he seems like earlier when he was talking he at least seemed kind of like okay he seems shady but i think he they are trying to show the difference after he like put this in his brain i think it did fry his brain somewhat because he seems to be acting stupider or something there's something like the it 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 was not a good good fit for his brain <laughs> yeah it wasn't but i i think that he was stupid before that because otherwise he wouldn't have plugged that thing directly into his well brain. yes but in just so, the way he he acted though seemed a little bit more over the top dumb afterwards yeah. Well, the thing is, is that I feel like that that actually really is him that Uh, and this is what I have a problem with. Yeah, this is what I have a problem with is I feel like there was a step that was skipped in between Fletcher that we saw then and Fletcher that we're seeing at this point in the episode. Mm. It's like there's no it's just from zero to 100 with nothing in between. And that just kind of lost me a little bit. In, yeah. the, in regards to this story. So I just thought there's no connective tissue here for why you would just suddenly be this. And now you're suddenly this. And there was yeah. no, we didn't get to see the decline happen. So yeah. Um, then it becomes very obvious that the isolinear core has uh, taken on aspects of uh, Fletcher's brain and is is going all Borg and assimilating <laughs> things that it comes across. Dave uh, says, I think they originally wrote Fletcher to be the peace negotiator for the Palaver plot and then changed their minds. Yeah, but know then, if... you know, you've got... Oh, animation. salvage plot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense. It's, yeah. It's, it's autocorrect is a bitch, you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. But the, the thing is, is that if you're going to do that, you can... Why would you... It's it's animation. You know, yeah. you're not going to suddenly change your mind in the middle of animation and then just trash it so i i honestly yeah. think that it was always their plan to do this this was always the script so it just it's uh, still it, amazing in the 24 minutes that we get as much as we do already 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, it does feel like it's missing a step, but it's like the amount of <laughs> of stuff that's in there is crazy. Yeah, I just this don't... feels like an hour show. It does. I I just don't understand how way, they got from A way. to B. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Not not a bad way at all. Well, so... and, and I just have a problem with his character in general because mm. this is this this actually goes back to like when they were talking earlier about a general level of good in Starfleet. We had a, again, back to Night Shift, sorry. Uh, we had a really similar production meeting about that. Because like, okay, yeah, we're fun. We can be goofy. It can be like, but these people at their core still had to be competent Starfleet officers that got through all of the training. And they can't be dumb. They can't be, you know. And that's the problem that I had with that, ugh, that triple short trek. And with, with this guy is that that's, these people wouldn't have made it this far. I don't think. I mean, it's I guess I, more likely that that Fletcher did because he's at least has some he, he's schmooze and he can kind of like just get to a point where he's just ignored or he just smooths over anything that he accidentally does. He doesn't have to do anything. He just has to stay middle of the road. He fails yeah. up, basically. Yeah, he that's the thing. He can schmooze people really, really well. Yeah, he's he's his charisma and his charm are what have gotten him to where he is. Yeah. And, and they can't get uh, him any further. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. They can't get him any further now. So, no. yeah. So now uh, they're trying to contain the core and Fletcher is trying to come up with some situation. Let's let us beat it, beat us up. Let's let it beat us up. And then we say that a Q showed up and crazy oh, things yeah. happen because Q's and Boimler and are just like, no, no, just no, no. And so they're trying to get this thing off the ship. Meanwhile, the Drakmani are starting to get through the shields of the Cerritos. Yep. We're on because the, the shields are not functional yeah and we're on the holodeck and instead of the holodeck just freaking shutting down no no it's not gonna let anybody out and it's not gonna have its safety protocols on (sighs) really why haven't they fixed that have they learned nothing from literally the first no the first animated series had the first holodeck and holodeck malfunction episode so same thing it's like what why why it's it was the freezing them thing. out. It was like, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I guess that we could blame it on that backup of a backup being missing, you know, that it caused overloads that wouldn't or normally cascade happen. Or, yeah. But yeah, but still all of that should be built into the holodeck. Anything it should be goes like, just wrong. Shut it off if something. Yeah. Yeah. Anything goes wrong. Everything shuts off and the doors open. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. But this is Star Trek we're talking about. Then we wouldn't about. have They're a plot. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, honestly, I wasn't. But when we even... get to our question of the week that's actually related to that, I, I'll bring that up real yeah. quick. We, for anybody in the chat room who wants to uh, to uh, throw in their ideas, the question of the week was what lesson would you want Badgie to teach you? And we have a, uh, an answer that's related to the holodeck from, from out <laughs> in the, the, the interwebs. Yes. Yes. Uh, Anyway, that's when things start yes. to go horribly wrong with Badgie. Yes. Which I knew Badgie. from the moment I saw him when he's like, can oh, I teach you agree. a lesson? I'm like, okay, that's going to, you know, that's going to turn out badly. 
Yep. I, I immediately was just like, that is going to go horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely horribly wrong. Especially when he was having trouble loading stuff. I thought, oh, yeah. Yep. I did not expect murder spree. I really didn't no. expect that. That was a little <laughs> extreme. Yeah. So funny, but extreme. Yeah. It, it was extreme. But I think that it drove home the point that uh, this program wasn't ready. And he shouldn't have been running it yet no. <laughs> but he wanted to impress tindy and now that program has some sort of sentience sentience recognizes rutherford as its creator and is very very angry about how yes. it was treated he was treated called a glitch yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, in the though the computer is not reengaging safety protocols, ending the program or letting them out, it will let Rutherford change the environment. So at right. least there's that. So load Bajoran marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> so they that, go from that, space to to Bajor. And that's where things got really horrifying. <laughs> Yeah. I was laughing my butt off, but yeah, just yeah, he him. starts ripping the heads off. And my and favorite part though of that is just, yeah, it's like, fun fact, I'm gonna rip your eyes out. She's and Tendy's like, that fact wasn't fun. <laughs> yep, it's not a fun fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm going to uh rip out your heart and burn it in fire or something yeah. like fire. that. And he's like, shut up, Badgie. <laughs> or leave us alone, Badgie. And he's like, and you hear distantly off like, no. no. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they, I mean, that actor in real life kind of drives me a little crazy, but he did a perfect job as Badgie. Oh, I love Jack McBrayer. He can do mm. way more than what people have seen. So. But he doesn't. That's the problem. Well, I <laughs> literally don't think everything that's... I've seen him in is kind of the same character. Well, is that really his fault or is that directing? Because well, regardless you... of whose fault it is, that's what I see. So it's just, yeah. that's my reaction. Well, that's yes. you know you should see. That's like his Robin Williams could have done like did fantastic work. So yeah, and he could well, be I'm serious just... as well as funny. Yeah, I'm I'm saying that Jack McBrayer isn't given the chance in a lot of the right. things that he's been in to do anything different because people find out you can do a thing and then that's all they want you to do. Yeah, and I, that happens in Hollywood a lot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. It happens and, in a lot of places <laughs> for a lot of yeah. industries. But if you were to see a stand up, I think that you would feel very okay. differently about him. All so. right. I'll check it out. In any case, I thought he was brilliant and perfect as an evil badgie. And just his comedic timing in this is impeccable. Just the way yeah. he does his lines. And uh, and here's something that Dave brought up. Uh, because, and it had occurred to me, but he vocalized it much better than I did is the, the very end of this. Cause you know, that they're not doing well in the Bajoran marketplace. And this is, mm-hmm. they're climbing these big, long steps, which actually reminds yeah. me of the, the, this thing I had to do in Skyrim where I had to climb up to where the, <laughs> the, the guys are who can speak dragon. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah. So, uh, my roommate yeah. played that game. So yeah, I've seen that. Yeah up on the throat of the world anyway mm-hmm. so uh i don't know why that reminded me of that but it did and and 
Rutherford's like, why is he being affected by the environment? That shouldn't be happening, which yeah. also clues us into that this is not your normal malfunction of yeah. this is not just a glitch. This is something else going on. And so he loads environment. What is it? Environment 83. I can't remember the number. Something it was like 80 that. something. Yeah. yeah. And looks like a frozen wasteland. So I'm thinking Andoria maybe. And, mm -hmm. uh, and there it's cold and Rutherford get, realizes he's going to have to face Badgie. And so he's telling Tendy, and Tendy's like, is he, is he getting closer? Oh no, we're fine. We're fine. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. And he yeah. turns to confront Badgie. And that's where it becomes the end of Frankenstein. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about the movie. I'm talking about the, the, book. the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I was just thinking this reminds me of something. And the Dave said, "This is Frankenstein. This is mm -hmm. very Frankenstein." And I'm like, "That's what it reminds me of." Except at the end, Frankenstein walks off into the into the ice and disappears. Yes, yes. Well, Badgie does not. <laughs> uh, well, see, that's the thing is that in the book, the creature wins, but True. not this time. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, and I love that even with his dying breaths, he's like, I'm going to cut off your butt. Yeah. He's like, diplomatic immunity as he dies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. It's maybe because he considered himself a new life form or something. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Badgie but, will come back at some point in season I, two, probably. I think everyone would welcome that. I think pretty much everyone would like to see Badgie again. And uh, and Rutherford does take a beating. He's bleeding. Yeah. And he's got a wound in his shoulder now mm -hmm. as well. But he's from an ice pick, and, basically. And he, and he you know, Badgie is calling him father and he finally just mm -hmm. says i'm sorry son i should have treated you better i knew that you weren't ready and i did this anyway i just wanted to impress tendy she's so cute yeah I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah that was and then then you're like okay that that does justify all the like yep he was just trying to impress her yes and uh and things are starting to look crazy in the holodeck as well because yeah. the Drukmani are just about to freaking destroy the mm -hmm. Cerritos because the shields have failed. And uh, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Mariner and Boimler are trying to get that core out and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and shouting all of these things that <laughs> stupid, Fletcher stupid, stupid. Said, party, party of dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Yeah, and uh, those freaking aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Make me smarter. So they get it to so, the airlock, which feels very alien in some way. Like the... It does. It does. Because I just, I laughed at that. And I turned to Dave and I said, Dave, they blew it out the airlock. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes drifting towards the Drukmani ship. <laughs> and they're just like, we are so getting fired for this, mm -hmm. but it actually comes in handy and uh, disables. disables. <laughs> yes, the Drukmani right. ship. So it just sort of like drifts down. <laughs> I love that it's, it's it just has gravity all of a sudden. Explosion and it starts yeah. listing the port. <laughs> and yeah. just 
Yeah. And the bridge crew are all cheering and, yeah. and they're like, we did it. I don't know what we did, but we did it. And Shaq and snaps to Anna and yeah. kisses her. Yeah. That's and what she like. is not resisting. Uh-uh. She, she's into it. Mm-hmm. She's into it. Which, which has made me think that maybe something has been going on with those two prior to this. Mm-hmm. Because she had absolutely no problem. With it. And even after he kisses her, he's still like holding her and her arms are around his neck and they're just kind of looking at each other and it's they're smiling. Yeah. And so she's, yeah. Mm. It'd be weird if the animators are playing something like that as a, like, just like Frakes and Sirtis were doing like, oh, we're just yeah. going to, no matter what, we're going to act as if that we have something between us. I just love mm-hmm. that with the animators would do that. Like, no, we're just going to make it look like, <laughs> like that's really difficult with animation. <laughs> Yeah, really it was that in. It was just fantastic. And uh, anyway, there, the uh, right before our final scene, well, our second to final scene, yeah, is uh, Mariner about to tell everyone exactly what happened because you know Ransom is down there saying, "What the hell is going on?" Oh, and we for, I forgot the the one of the. Uh, escape or the uh the protocols that uh, the captain was using was uh escape sulu alpha or escape vector uh, uh it was actually um no it was um evasive pattern sulu it, alpha uh, thank you can i remember like, the word it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be hikaro sulu it could be demora mm-hmm. sulu I just thought it was like i wanted to throw that in because like she is a pilot in her own right and she ended up you know she was on the enterprise so why not mm-hmm. There you go. Could be. Absolutely could be. I'm sure that's not what they were thinking, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Probably not, but nice name drop anyway. You know, we all know it pertains to one of those two Sulus of which we are aware. Yes. So, yeah. And yeah, uh, Mary so... says, I'll tell you exactly what happened. And you think she's going to get him in trouble. And the next thing we see is a party with uh, Fletcher having been promoted to lieutenant and being transferred to the Titan. <laughs> they could not have transferred him to a ship where he would be caught so fast as the titan (laughs) riker's ship yeah because if i mean deanna wouldn't have even needed her empathic abilities to peg him as a problem right off yeah yeah he got uh awarded for his improvisational skills which was like hey improv again Mm -hmm. more drinking Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it saved the ship except no it endangered the ship and he accidentally saved the ship of course yes and and well actually he didn't it was it was mariner and boimler who shot it out the airlock so that is true that is true but he created that monster so and boimler's just all kinds of bummed out because the titan is like his dream posting and now this guy's going there and uh, Mariner makes a very good point. It's like, keep your friends close and your enemies as far away, as far the hell away from you as possible. Yes. So, yeah. And then I love the, I was waiting for this. I love the title card. Six days later. You guys, I totally got fired. <laughs> no, you, what? No. What? No. You? <laughs> Just, <laughs> That's oh, crazy. <laughs> So great. I was like, yes, send him to a place where it will be noticed that he's not compliment competent rather and (laughs) get rid of that guy. So I, I laughed out loud at that. And then of course they're faking things to get him off the 
this view screen. Ah, oh, oh, it looks yeah. like you're going through temporal rift. Oh no, a Q is here. Oh, those crazy Qs doing crazy things. <laughs> Just disconnect him. That's and great. and and it ends with the uh, with Mariner saying, "Oh, hey, I've got the keys to the captain's yacht. Let's go for a ride." And Blumer's like, "How did you get those? You shouldn't have those." She says, "No, it's fine. I signed them out under your name." And he goes running <laughs> after her. But the through this entire, yeah, I love that. <laughs> through this entire episode, Boimler and Mariner are never fighting or digging at each other. Yep. They're united against a common enemy <laughs> well the, the choo-choo sisters brought them together or the zebulon sisters with the choo-choo dance or the choo-choo-choo yeah. dance yeah. yeah which i love that mariner was totally into having a, a handmade choo-choo dance yeah. shirt that the well, boimler handmade. created for her <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> hand, hand programmed yes yeah it's just that that warms my heart that she was so yeah. happy about that yeah. we have choo-choo shirt <laughs> This is just adorable. I yeah. this this episode has some great things in it, and for me, also some really difficult things because I have known some Fletchers mm -hmm. in my life and oh, yeah. had to work with them. And it it I didn't realize that it was going to affect. Oh, we have a, a frozen brandy again. And Brandy, I'm back. Again. Yes, I know. I should have I had that sound effect ready. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will lay that into the audio version. <laughs> you better, you yeah. better. Yeah. Last night, I spent what felt like half the night dreaming about one of those Fletchers, about that Fletcher oh, no. being back in my life and back oh, in my good. work, and it was. Oh, so yeah, Mike that... McMahon, you have now traumatized my co-host. That's not fair. Yeah, <laughs> dude, dude, seriously. Uh, so yeah, that it was not my favorite part of the episode, but I loved the stuff with Tendy and Rutherford, and the stuff with the bridge crew was entertaining as well. So we have uh, Andrew Pierce, who is uh, the host of I Effing Love Whiskey. I will say that version. Um, and he he's made up his own name. It's it's a uh, uh, Andre Andre. I think it's Andrew. I think it's he's a typo. Andrew quote ugly bag of mostly water. Pierce. We are mostly water. We're very. Says, I've very had a frozen slushy. brandy once, and it was delicious and refreshing. <laughs> you know the funny thing is, I don't actually <laughs> like brandy. I don't like the drink. <laughs> well, we joke was it like that was like the joke that had been made so many times before already. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, uh, don't actually like brandy. Maybe I just haven't had the right brandy, I guess. Maybe. But don't. You could try I'm, whiskey. I'm... Actually, we should do a, a whiskey tasting uh, with you in Colorado and me here. And then, because we're Andrew's show, I effing love whiskey. Basically, everybody tries the same whiskey on, on, uh, on air and then does something called science, which is they add water to it to see how that affects it. And, <laughs> I I actually I very much like whiskey. So yeah, so do I. It's my hard liquor um, choice. <laughs> so actually, real quick before we go to our uh our question of the week, uh speaking of other shows on the network, I just want to really quickly talk about tomorrow we have a marathon. It is the Outpost 13 uh fall marathon, 
and our schedule is 11 a.m. is Where You At, which is a talk show. Uh, 12.30 is Coding Cohen's, which I had referenced earlier. That is Ian Carroll, who played Lieutenant Bodie Cooper in Night Shift. He teaches someone to code on the air live. Uh, and I've never had coding. Well, I've had some coding experiences, but like a long time ago with HTML. And I'm going to join him in, I believe, October. So that'll be interesting. At 2 o'clock, Rolling With My Homies, which is about a person in a wheelchair who talks about their experience and the dumb questions people have asked them and things like that. So that should be really interesting. I'm excited about that. Uh, at 4 p.m. is Two Liars, which is a game show where you have three people telling a story and two of them are lying. One of them is telling the truth and the other team has to guess who that is. And I'm going to be on that in, I believe, in September or October. Uh, at 5.30, we have the State of Outpost 13, which I'm assuming is like a talk by you know the the group of what we're doing and new things that are happening at six o'clock is friend fiction which is a show where they uh, michelle and lisette talk about uh kind of their fictional crushes and people that they're and the first first character is prince zuko so that'll be interesting i'm, I'm the mod for that oh, so oh my heart my heart. yeah <laughs> such a great choice isn't it great <laughs> yes uh at eight o'clock uh, is not called Pickup Game anymore. I think it's called Pug, the Pug Show, and it is a, an improv show uh, with a bunch of people from Iowa West and, and different groups. Uh, and at nine thirty is Made Up Music, which is Alex and uh, Arlo who make up a song on the spot. They have uh, people in the chat room. We'll give them beats, give them numbers that they can put into the Moog synthesizer, and then they create a song on the spot. And sometimes I create graphics along with them for the track art. So that is tomorrow, uh, September thirteenth. So come and join us. Uh, you know we're gonna try and get. Uh, some more membership uh, subscriptions and uh, just a really good time. It gives you a good smattering of, of all the different things on our network. Yeah. So very nice. Yeah. Uh, so the question of the week that we have is I'll put that back up again. Uh, what lesson would you want Badgie to teach you? <laughs> do you want to, you want to go with your questions for, or your answer first and, or do you want to think about it and I'll read the ones from, you know, I'm still ruminating. So go ahead and read some of the others. <laughs> okay. We have uh, from Alex, uh, how to properly handle dilithium crystals. That would be mm. good. Uh, some of these are, are fairly uh, accurate or realistic, and some of them are just goofy. Uh, we have Jim who said, how to climb stairs faster. That's <laughs> 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 great. That is that's uh, very good. Yeah. Uh, Casey Shafsky, uh, how to beat the Kobayashi Maru training exercise. Mm. Well, I think we've Which, already seen how you do that. Yeah. You, you <laughs> said just reprogram it. Yep. You reprogram the simulator so it's, it's possible to win. Uh, Evelyn says, so a non-corporeal being is messing with your ship. How do you, uh, what to do and how to do it? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Heather, how do you get cheese out of fur in a sonic shower? <laughs> You don't. You don't. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you replicate a towel <laughs> or water. I mean, you don't replicate water. Uh, Jesse Davis is at cage fighting. <laughs> mm. Jesse's uh, the person who made our badges and our pips for our show. So he, he does really great pop, pop replications, even if I can't say it. Uh, <laughs> Annika says time travel. And that's sort of related to. Bill Smith's uh, The Janeway Protocol. I believe that those probably are somehow connected. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And I think my, my favorite at the end was Chip, who said, how to permanently prevent the holodeck from malfunctioning and killing people ever again. <laughs> Which is sort of what we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, we did talk about that earlier. Uh, I think that's just when Badgie then kills you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can't answer that. Yeah. So so what would you choose, Aaron? Oh, oh we have somebody in the, the chat room. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 47. How to reverse the polarity. Yes. Uh, that's yes, great. we talk about that a lot. You hear about that on and on multiple sci-fi shows, actually. Yeah, that is that is the sci-fi trope. I think of across all genres is probably just reversing the polarity. Because if you did that, like in your in a battery or something, if you just it wouldn't do anything, it just would just stop. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So mm -hmm. what would you want Badgie to teach you? Uh. <laughs> Uh, there are so many choices. Uh, one of the most ridiculous things that comes to mind is how to uh, disassemble and reassemble a phaser rifle while blindfolded. So <laughs> I guess that could come in handy. Yeah, you know, just just in case, just in case I, I, I was blindfolded and needed to know how to disassemble or reassemble a phaser rifle, I could do both. Okay. Maybe I'm in a dark place like a sentient cave. You don't know. <laughs> you haven't lived my life. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I'm trying to think. I I, I didn't give myself any thought to this question either, which is great. Um, I, I'm thinking, like, how would I put myself into a transporter buffer mm. for an emergency? Like, if I needed to, you know, is it did, did Scotty kind of part, part, uh, give that information to Starfleet? I imagine he did, so... I think that's your new emergency backup. So, yeah. Yeah. Just be careful if you have a holodeck because, you know, if that pattern buffer starts to fail oh, and you have right. to move that you pattern have to back somewhere up in the holodeck, yeah. right? Yeah. Along with uh, Just... Dr. Bashir and uh, Dax as, as Honeypot and <laughs> Honeypot. Is... Wasn't that her name? Honey Bear. Honey Bear. Honey bear. Okay. And it wasn't B E A R either. It was B A R E. No. Yes. <laughs> so, so bad. I just love how they turned the Deep Space Nine theme into James Bond so easily. It's so great. Just the way, da 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 da. <laughs> but it was like, yeah. like using, using the Deep Space Nine tune. I was like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. after a while, I couldn't remember the James Bond theme because it had tw it tweaked my brain so much that it was so close but different. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what's uh, where can we find you online? Oh, why do you keep asking me? This is such a long list. <laughs> you don't. You can just say multiple places, and we can check out your Twitter account. Yeah. Um. Look, well, it's easy. Follow me on Twitter, Brandywine Twelve. Brandy with an I. Twelve is a number. I do some podcasts on the Hall Suite Media Network uh, about Deep Space Nine called Vedic Assembly and boldly go which is for the strange new worlds and uh what the future holds which is about star trek discovery i do this show i do another live show on friday nights at 7 <laughs> p.m mountain show? i do this Great. show i do wow. i'm here i'm doing this show as we speak even <laughs> uh, friday nights at seven mountain time figure it out in your own time zone i do the unready room with my friend uh dan gunther on his youtube channel kurt ratz that is fun checking it out 
Yep. It is a lot of fun. We have a very I, different I think of it as sort of like our sister show in some ways or yeah. a companion show. We have similar kind of concepts, but vastly different uh, conversation, which I think is yeah. great. Yeah, it's, it's really which shows cool how much because... that the chat room actually really is part of that that back and forth. Because really, everybody can affect. Really... Yep. It can change the direction of your conversation and bring mm -hmm. up things that you hadn't thought about. So uh, that's why I love live shows and having the chat. So, yeah. yeah. And then yes, I join do... us if you haven't done that. Try yeah. Saturday yeah. at 11 a.m. Pacific. Just uh, hop on over to Outpost 13 on Twitch and uh, yeah, join us. Join us. <laughs> You won't regret make us, it. <laughs> make us laugh. Yes. Derail our show for us because we, mm, we please don't do need help doing that. Actually, but, yes. no, we don't. That's that's part of the problem with improv training. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and I do a couple of other podcasts. I do one with my husband Dave called the Dark Corner Podcast, mm, where we Dave is who is our mod. Yeah, Dave is our wonderful mod, and uh, I do Head Cannon, which is a solo podcast that is a trip through my brain. And when I say trip, I mean trip, y'all. And you can find <laughs> both of those at uh, darkcornerpodcast.com. That's Great. it. Great. Nice. So where can people find well, you? you? Can, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Filter. And when I end up being on any of our Apple shows, I will post uh, on those places where and when and where it will be. Yeah, for right now, I'm like I, I've thought of other shows and other podcasts and stuff. I think just for right now, I'm just gonna stick with this because we have enough going on in our lives. <laughs> I don't know how you do you manage all of those podcasts. That's just crazy. They're not all weekly. That's how. Oh, that's helpful. <laughs> One is there about to become weekly, <laughs> <laughs> and then it will go back to being every other week. <laughs> I imagine like you being like Superman, where he's trying to date. Lois as Clark and Superman or something like that, where it's just like suddenly you're going to be there and then you're, you're going to be gone. Then you come back and like you've just done a podcast in the time that you <laughs> disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. And and don't even start on the podcast I'm guesting on. It's just. Mm -hmm. Oh, I will really... be guesting on Christopher's uh, podcast. We're recording that tomorrow. Yes, there, so are, four the, there are four questions. Yes. Also, in fact, I just of... got those questions while uh, we were talking. Something came in. Ooh. So. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, th that's part of also part of the Holosuite Media Network. So yeah, got it. Check it out. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week. Righty o. Yeah. And so everybody, uh, stay safe and uh, don't don't turn on any holodeck uh, assistant characters because th that just goes horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. Better yet, just don't go to the holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but yeah, then how will people how will people get their bleep on, you know? I just like that's what they use it for most is bleeping. Okay, on that note, <laughs> I'm gonna go clean out the holodeck filters <laughs> with the nose plug. Yeah, the bleep filter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time, everybody. Live long and prosper. If you need me, Moby's here. I'm always here. Infinite Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.
coconut.